This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for Clearpoint Credit Counseling Solutions. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, is out this week but should be back on the show shortly. So this week we are talking about credit. Whether you're just starting out or nearing retirement, good credit is important. How do you build good credit? What are some of the consequences to having bad credit? And how do you repair your credit? We'll talk about credit scores and where exactly credit cards fall in all of this. You can call us this morning with your personal finance questions related to credit. The number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email money at mpbonline.org. Also, if you have a success story about managing your credit, we'd certainly uh, like to hear from you as well. So, good morning, Chris. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Uh, any excitement uh, at the, the the house there uh, recently? No, just uh, you know, we were uh, out of town for about a week. Took a little time off, and um. Uh, got away and it was great. Relaxed a little bit, ate a little food, uh, got a little exercise. So it was just uh, refreshing and re-energized. And um, uh, but back to the back to the grind, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, two weekends ago, I guess I went with uh, my brothers uh, to St. Louis. We went to see some baseball games, and uh, St. Louis was celebrating the 10th anniversary of their 2006 World Series victory. So on Friday night, we got a replica of the World Series trophy. Then on Saturday night, it was a bobblehead doll, but it was a double bobblehead doll of um, Wainwright, the pitcher, and the catcher, Molina, about as they were you know, ready to jump into each other's arms after the final pitch of the, of the uh, series. The, the interesting thing is that my brother, oldest brother went. He's a Giants fan, so he had his Giants hat on. So we got, he got his bobblehead doll. On the way to our seat, he was stopped twice by people who who were asking to give, you know, oh, you're a Giants fan, you don't want that, could I have that? He's like, well, no, that's okay. Well, then on the way out of the stadium, uh, he was approached by someone who offered $10 for the bobblehead doll. He refused. Then we later we were offered $15. So he took that. Then my sister-in-law, who went, who's not a baseball fan, was offered $20 for a bobblehead doll. Of course, she took it as well, and I'm like, I didn't realize that there was a hot market maybe on eBay or something for bobblehead dolls, but apparently there is. Uh, yeah, I guess they said, look, I want that, and I'm willing to pay a little little bit of money for it. So, And, and then the sad part is I kept mine, and uh, when I opened the box, uh, each player had only one arm. Fortunately, uh, Molina, the catcher's arm, was in the bottom of the box, but the pitcher's arm was not, and so uh, my bobblehead doll has a one-armed pitcher with it, uh, but uh, it's sort of points to the back, so it's it's hard to see. But I was a little disappointed in that. After all that, you know, gosh, I could have sold mine for $20, and it was defective anyway. So who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, like I said, that uh, there must be, and maybe because, you know, that was some kind of limited edition special bobblehead uh, that it, it could sell. But I, I really was surprised that uh, people were that anxious to pay well, you money know, for the Cavaliers it. just won, the <clears throat> won it all, and, um, you know, there are going to be items come out, and people are going to pay a uh, pay a dollar for it or pay a premium for it. And um, so um, it'll be interesting. So uh, we are going to be talking about credit this morning. If you have a credit-related question, or as I said, if you want to brag on how you manage your credit, give us a call this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven 
672-7464. You can also email the show money at mpbonline.org. Sam Wells, our producer, found an interesting story from cnn.com slash money, and it's about the cost of uh, college education. Sure, we know that uh, American parents pay a lot to send their kids to college here, but uh, in the United Arab Emirates, Hong Kong, and Singapore, it's even more. Uh, At the UAE, they spend an average of $18,360 a year. That's more than any other country on a child's education. That's according to a survey from uh, HSBC, which I believe is a bank, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, In America, it's about $14,678, but that's still double the world average. Uh, In the UAE, it's uh, so expensive because a lot of people send their, uh, many families send their children to college abroad. And then in Hong Kong and Singapore, it's a cultural expectation that parents will provide a children with higher education, but very few uh, percentage of students in those countries help pay for that college education. Surprisingly, in the U.S., American teenagers, you know, get a bad rap every once in a while, but 37% of college students contribute to their education costs. That's second only to Canada, where 39% help pay. Now, Chris, I know I, you, uh, you're experiencing this as, as, as we speak. Mm-hmm. I think I said your oldest daughter is in college. So as she, when she was, say, a junior and a senior in high school and knew she wanted to go to college, what, what kind of conversations did you have about h- how much she could pay, how much she was expected to pay, that sort of thing? Well, we, you know, we, we, as always, we, I guess I, I would say, and, and people approach it different ways, you know, going into college and, you know, kind of our our, our process was, uh, you know, do you qualify for any scholarships? And then, uh, and going back into, uh, you know, tenth even ninth grade, uh, look of just just general research scholarships, and a lot of this will step into kids taking ACT, SAT, SAT a lot of times out of state. Um, fortunate enough, she was able to qualify for some scholarships, but also seeing what is available to kind of get through for the semester of the year. And, um, and a lot of people are required to, you know, fill out certain forms and, and apply, but uh, everybody, again, depends on what, what everybody's goal is, what they're trying to accomplish, you know, and, um, uh, but there's funds available out there for you to go to college. But on the other hand is, you know, my suggestion, research everything out there that'll, that provides you an opportunity to, for scholarships, grants, uh, any, you know, any type of kind of tagged free money that you don't have to pay back. There might be some, and sometimes, sometimes in situations, it is an expectation tied to this money. So, um, so, uh, again, she's, uh, she worked hard and did some good things and, um, uh, she's, um, this summer she is working at a camp, making a little money. So, um, uh, that's a positive and, and it's a, it's a growing experience. So, uh, but it, it's, I got a young, another one coming up. That's a 12th grader in high school that going off. So then when you go from one to two, you have to sit down. Okay. The, the, the dynamics change. And, and right now, even as, as we're speaking, we, you know, we're just, we're starting to kind of put things together. We've been exploring options and what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, as we talk about uh, just here briefly about uh, financing college education, I keep I think it was mm, probably about a month or so ago we had a good show on that. So uh, if you're someone who is facing that task of helping one of your kids uh, pay for a college education or if you're trying to do it yourself, maybe going back to college later in life, uh, you can all find all of our old shows at uh, mpbonline.org slash money talks. Uh, and as I said, we had a great show about uh financing college education just uh, recently. You know, I have a a guy that mows my lawn for me this summer, and I was talking to him, uh, and he said that's part of what he's uh, saving his money for is a college education. So uh, there are a lot of ways that kids can do it. And I guess one thing, though, uh, as you said, is maybe let your kid know 
in middle school and early high school as they think about the, their plans on going to college to, to let them know that maybe it's expected that they try to at least do something on their part? I mean, I, I don't think it's it's fair to your, your kids to all of a sudden, when they're a senior, kind of surprise them and say, oh, by the way, you know. No, I think you got to have that conversation early on. And, and again, and a lot of this, uh, you know, there's steps to take to, to evaluate and see where there, where there's there's funds available, but you know, uh, you know, back when I was going back a number of years ago, going to college, I'd, I'd kind of work during the summer, a couple of jobs, two or three jobs, you know, um, have some spending money going off to college as a guy. And, um, uh, you know, again, had a little scholarships here and there. And so, uh, you know, I think you've got to be honest with your kids. You know, if a child said, Hey, I'm really interested in school a, and, and, and if you look at school a and go, you know what, this is really expensive. And if and I'm being upfront, you know, if there's no scholarships, there's no other uh, funds available or assets within that family unit, then you're going, I got to borrow this amount of money. You got to sit down. What's the return on that investment? And I know Nancy shared that a lot. You know, what's the future opportunity? And uh, I remember an article I read that uh, it was a number of years ago, some uh, a university up north and somebody came out as a certain position. And I guess the, the, the salary range expected in this field was – 30 to 35 in the northern states, and I think they had about $160,000 student loans. And, and and again, it's great to have that passion there, but also you've got to really maybe rethink that a little bit and say, is this worth it? And I know nowadays compared to 20 years ago, Kevin. But, yeah, that's true. That's a good idea to sit down with your kids and, and help them realize that. Look look at the sort of the economics of what they might be getting in, into and knowing how much it's going to cost. Uh, I feel very fortunate. Uh, when I went to college, uh, my father was employed by the university, so at my time, I was able to get a free ride through college, scholarship, books, everything. And uh, you know, with all this talk about student loans, I, I do feel very fortunate that I was able to get that uh, free education, and and so I appreciate that a lot. Uh, again, as we said, uh, we talked about this uh, about a month ago on Money Talk. So if you're interested and would like to re-listen back to that show, you can find old shows at mpbonline.org/moneytalks. We're going to be talking about credit this morning, so if you have a credit-related question or if you have a success story about how you manage your credit, or we'll add this to the fire as well. If you are sending your kid to college, and uh, what, how did you work out how it's going to be paid? Do you expect your kid to help out, and what have you told them? How have you worked that out with your kids as they're entering college? Give us a call because we've got some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Let's go ahead. We'll take our first break of the hour. When we get back, we will dive into credit. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for Clearpoint Credit Counseling Solutions. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson out this week, but we'll be back on the show shortly. So today we're talking about credit. Uh, what is credit? Uh, how do you build good credit? Uh, credit scores and credit reports. We'll talk all about that and also where credit cards fit in with all of the above. Also, though, we talked a little bit about uh, financing a college education, and I think we've got a caller on the line. It's John from Tupelo. Good morning, John. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Good. What do you have for us? Um, slightly off topic here, uh, but um, I started work with the state a couple of years ago when I was 39. Uh, I'm 41 now. Um, we recently had a baby last year. Um, so my question is this. Um, we started, we got signed up for the college savings program. Uh, so it looks like we're on track have all that taken care of uh, in 18 years when he graduates. We also look like we were on track to have our house paid off um, at that exact same time, too. And at that exact same time, too, as well, I will have 20 years in with the state. So I'm looking to pay my house off, send my kid off to school, and I'll retire at that same time. Now, my question is this. Um, I realize that I should have got into saving for retirement well before 39 but there's nothing i can do about that now but i i, I did in, in uh in conjunction with my state retirement that i should have um when i turn 59 i will also have 20 years that i've had into an ira now my question is this um i've been putting 300 a month uh into a moderate ira and another hundred dollars a month into a slightly more high risk global allocation fund. I'm not the smartest guy when it comes to retirement and all that, but does does that dollar amount sound like for 20 years that I should be okay? I mean, I know you can't predict how the market's going to do and like that, but what do you think? Any thoughts on that? You know, and I will say I'm not a registered financial advisor. I wish Nancy was here a little bit uh, sure. on that part, but, I, I, but let me just kind of break it down. It sounds like, and I'm looking at a puzzle here, and when I say you've got some good pieces of your puzzle right now. You're doing right. your focus. You've got goals set in mind. He said, I would suggest maybe kind of, um, uh, you know, you got two years in with the state is maybe at some point in time, get, get, suggest, get with a, maybe a financial advisor and, um, just kind of sit down and kind of lay out what you're accomplishing. And they can look at some things there and said, okay, what are your goals? How do you reach this goal by this certain period of time and then and they might say you're ahead of schedule you're on schedule or you're behind schedule and um right. in, in a way so uh but i mean my hat's off to you you're thinking right you're focused you're doing you know you're doing some good stuff there i will say this is i know you say in 20 years with the state at 59 it, it, it sounds like your personality is like you i think you're gonna continue to work past 59 you just want to you're gonna probably want to work <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, would, I would leave now if i could <laughs> <laughs> well um but again Again, it's um, you know definitely taking advantage of the state college, uh, you know that that fund there. And um, I, I will say, you know, with my I've got a, a rising sophomore and, a, and one going into um, uh, be a senior in high school. That you know, if you look at the, the state costs that with that um, the the funds there, it, it covers a certain percentage. You know, basically, if you kind of look at it that way, 
but also maybe this financial plan can kind of help you project out future cost of just overall college in, in 20 years. So, you know, also, John, I would say a lot of things that we talk about on the show are, are establishing good habits. And as Chris said, you've got, you've got some pieces there in place and it looks like you're establishing some good habits about trying to save some money uh, in terms of the college education. You do have some time to kind of adjust. And so again, I would echo what Chris said. And then, you know, Nancy is what we call a fee only financial advisor. And if you could locate one of those in your area, uh, you know, n- n- not necessarily maybe on a regular basis, but to go in and again, uh, sort of set out what you told us here are my pieces, my financial pieces in place uh, and see what they think and, uh, and, and uh, where you would go from there. But again, I think uh, both of the non-experts here this morning say uh, kudos to you because uh, it looks like you've got a good basis for uh, for a, for a solid financial future. All right. Well, that sounds good because I just I really don't know anything about retirement except that I need to retire at some point. So <laughs> I mean, they send me a, a statement, you know, every so often, but they, it may as well be in Chinese, you know. So I'm just trying to get I'm just trying to get. See if I'm heading down the right path. I mean, I you know, doing what I need to be doing. Yeah, and John, hey, while the I like to say while the fire is hot and you really have it on your mind, check around and see if you can get with a you know a financial advisor, financial planner, and and, and really you know whatever you know might cost you a little bit of money, but I really think it'll give you a peace of mind saying, okay, I know where I am and I know what I need to do. Sure. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. All right, John. Uh, thanks for the phone call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell with Chris Burford this morning. We're going to be talking about credit and credit cards. Also, uh, if you have a successful story about how you manage your credit, we'd certainly love to hear that from you as well. So uh, the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline dot org. So Chris, we'll start out at the beginning. Uh, what exactly is credit? I mean, credit, if you want to break it down, is is a, is, a, is an avenue to kind of say buy something now, but you're paying for it later and in a way, just if you look at it that way. And um, credit kind of makes the world turn in a way. And um, uh, consumers don't have enough money to pay cash for a car or to buy a house cash. So what do I need? I need I need to borrow money, so we tag it as credit, and um, and we pay for it later over a period of time. Uh, and, and so it's it's a useful tool. It does make sense. Got to make good decisions with it, but um, it is a useful tool. And as we said, it's important because there are so many kind of big ticket items that really we, we need to 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 go about our everyday life that you can't just plop down that money right there. So it's important for to finance those things: houses, cars, uh, college educations, those kinds of things. Yeah, and, and and again, as a consumer, as you sit down and look at what you're, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, and I, and I like to use simple things and just kind of say, if somebody said, well, I've got a house note, I maybe have one car note, and I've got a, a credit card, maybe two at the most, and I'm just in general, uh, and and I'm functioning and managing, then I'm saying that that makes sense. Uh, it looks like we've got another caller on the line, so let's go invite uh, Mike in, uh, calling in from South Mississippi. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, just a few comments from experience. Okay. Okay. I'm 64 years old. Okay. Been retired for years now. And had a job for many, many decades, but I had a 401k and I listened to Dave Ramsey for years and years and years. And I finally said one day, you know something? He's got a point. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this, and I got rid of cre- all credit cards. Paid my car off, then paid my house off, 
I paid everything off. Then I decided when I was in a position to retire, I retired, have a certain amount of money that comes into my bank, allocated every month. That's what I live on. And I have a debit card to use. And I know how much I can use. And I also have an emergency fund, but it's for real emergencies. And I just wanted to make that comment. Mike, tell us, uh, you know, what was the process like? Was it just discipline of going, you know, paying off that credit and 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 learning to live credit free? Give us a little bit of idea, background in, into that whole process. It was hard discipline. It was saying, well, I, do I need this or do I not need this? Can I do without this? Or getting to the point where you say to yourself, well, I don't have the cash to pay for it, so I can't get it. Mm-hmm. And saying that to others also, you know, in the family and all, just saying, well, we don't have the money. Yeah, and, and during that period of time of where, where you said you made that decision, Mike, and said, look, okay, I'm kind of cutting up the credit cards, paying it all off. Um, did you have a little withdrawals over a period of time there, about six months, like, uh-oh, you know. What oh, a, yeah, what, what a, uh, over and over and over. Right. But you've got to keep bouncing back. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many times you fall down. What counts is that you get back up again. And I imagine the longer you went without it, the the easier it was to it to stay became, without it. Right. It became habit, in other words. And well, I, I I only wish I'd started earlier in life doing that. But you know. Well, and one word you used in there was after you kind of made the decision. I want to become a, basically become debt free. I have to get really disciplined. And, and right. it's it's not easy because I, as I say, you know, things are pulling at you a lot of times. But as time went on, you said money in, money out. I'm managing it. I don't have any. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think your your desires of life, in a way, are just fairly simple. Um, you know, it's not like I got to have a new car every three or four years. I, I need to be doing this and that. You've kind of simplified things, and you're just you're saying, you know, I don't owe anybody any money, and nobody's sending me a statement in the mail on a monthly basis. Right. Hey, Mike, I mean, we we appreciate your call. Thanks. That's a, a great story, and and I think you know, even if you can't get as far as Mike went with the credit free, that whole idea of the wants and needs—that's something that we talk frequently about. And even if you're trying to maybe control your spending, control your credit, and aren't quite ready to to take the bite that Mike took, that it's a good idea that every time you know you're 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 tempted, just say, "Is this something I really need, or or, or do I just want it?" Yeah, and, and I could be wrong here. We've had consumers call in and kind of say, "Well, you know, I hadn't borrowed any money in 15 years, and then somehow I, I'm just giving example. I went to buy a car. I don't have any credit. Well, you know, it, it's." You know, if you don't borrow any money, there's no active files, and over a period of time, things just kind of roll off. And, and and is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, uh, so I'm not saying Mike is going to try to borrow any money in the next three to five years, but if he hadn't had any money owed in the last ten or fifteen years, three or five years down the road, that'd be talking about he chance off. If he ever went to borrow, and had to say, "Well, I do have to buy a car, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a note out." And I'm not saying he will. Chances are he's not going to have any trouble on his credit file. And that's not a negative. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I'll just click with another caller online. So we say uh, good morning to Frank, called in from Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Yes, good morning. I have a question about mortgage contracts. Um, I had got my mortgage about 25 years ago. 
But I've noticed that in these consumer contracts uh, for buying appliances and even cars, et cetera, they're putting in these uh, arbitration clauses, which are very, very detrimental and uh, very heavily weighted in favor of the lender. Are these arbitration clauses working their way into mortgage contracts as well? And I'll just hang up. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I do think I've seen in a couple mortgage contracts their arbitration agreements. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not an attorney, um, and uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I do. I think I've seen it a little bit out there. I'm not saying it's in every mortgage contract. I wish we had a, you know, if we had a mortgage lender call in and say, hey, yeah, they are, they're not. But, but arbitration agreements, I think they've been around for a while, um, especially on the consumer goods side of, of borrowing. Uh, been out there a number of years, I think. All right, Frank, Frank uh, thanks for your call. We need to take another quick break. Uh, you are listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford as we discuss credit and credit cards, credit scores, credit reports, all things credit on the air this morning. So if you have a question, if you'd like to join in your conversation, or if you'd like to share your success story for managing your credit, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Send us an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the show after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson is out. Uh, she will return to the show shortly. So today we're concentrating on credit. Uh, thing, all things about credit. So if you have a question about your credit score, about your uh, credit situation, give us a call. Or if you'd like to brag about how you handle your credit, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show as well, money at mpbonline.org. We do have an email to get to, but also a couple of calls on the line. So let's start in Hattiesburg as we say good morning to David. Hello, David. Hi, how you doing? Good. What do you have for us? Um, my question is, I uh, have recently been through a divorce, and uh, during the marriage, my wife was the one who handled um, all the financials in our house. And now that I'm single, uh, credit, I, I went to go to try and buy a vehicle, and I didn't have the minimum credit required. And uh, I'm really just curious how I find out exactly what I owe and how to contact these people so I can start to rebuild my credit. What I would do is, um, uh, first thing is you're going to need to get a copy of your credit report. You know, there are three credit reporting agencies out there. And um, if you'll write this down, you're going to, you can kind of go out there and search on the internet. It's going to be annualcreditreport.com. 
Again, it's okay. all one word, annualcreditreport.com. Now, it'll give you everything you need. Now, it won't give you a score, but I don't think that's your major concern right now, sounds like. Sounds like you just want to find out what's out there. So, And you can go online. If you if you like working on computer, you can order it up, and it's free to you, and get it from all three agencies. And then it ought to have some contact numbers, addresses, anything in there that you, you know. And even if you want to ask some questions, you can email back to the uh, credit reporting agency, uh, and, and, um, they'll answer your questions. And David, uh, it, when you, when you get that report, it might seem a little daunting. It, it, it's usually a number of pages, but I've gotten one, uh, in the past. And I think the, the credit agencies have, have gotten uh, really good at, you know, explaining things and, and each thing on there, they, they give you, you know, why it's there and that sort of thing. But as Chris said, as a way to start, as you said, to try to see what's out there, what you owe and who you owe it to, uh, I think your credit report from all of those three agencies uh, would be a good way to start. And as Chris said, annualcreditreport.com, uh, you can get that for free, and that's a great way to start out. All right. Well, thanks a lot, fellas. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's stay on the phone lines. Next, we're going to go to Don, who's in Jackson this morning. Good, hello, Don. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, it's ironic that you guys are talking about credit this morning. The co-worker and I were discussing this morning hospital bills, and um, – she asked me, if you're making a partial payment, do they report that to your credit? And that's my question. Um, Don, on some of the some some hospitals or medical facilities, they'll give you a certain period of time, maybe to um, pay off a particular debt. Um, but I'm I, in the last number of years, I have seen that they've kind of turned it over to a collection agency quicker. So basically, when they kind of turn it over to a collection agency. That collection agency might report it to the bureau, but now if the medical facility, you know, uh, is holding a debt in house and you're making a monthly payment that they've agreed on, chances are they're going to just retain it. It doesn't go to reporting agency, uh, but usually you have just a certain period of time in which they're going to keep it in house, then they're going to flip it out to collect. Okay, well, thank you, and I'll share that information with her as well. All right, very good. And again, uh, Don, in that case, uh, advise your friend uh, to be proactive. Again, a lot of the uh, people you owe money to will agree to work with you, but you 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 you've got to be the one that 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 takes the charge and and uh, goes to the billing office at the hospital or whatever, and and basically, you know, be honest. Say, you know, I cannot pay this bill at one time. I'd be willing to make monthly payments. You know, can we work this out? And I think, you know, as we've talked about on on shows in the past. The, the people you owe money to are trying to get the money that is owed to them. And so I think that to, in, within reason, uh, they're willing to work with you usually. Yeah, and, and, and again, there's, it used to be maybe an in-house, you know, I call it in-house, and a medical facility would hold it for two or three years. I, I just think they've tightened it down to where maybe you'll have to ask, well, I owe, I owe somebody $800 after, you know, after it all said and done. You know, can I pay you out $50 until it's paid out? And we all hold that in house and won't send it out to a collection agency or somebody else. And, and you've got to ask that question. Uh, and some of them might say yes, some of them might say no. I just feel like a 12 month time frame is kind of what some of them are working with now. Uh, we're talking about credit on Money Talks this morning. So give us a call if you have a credit related personal finance question. The number is 1 877 MPB Ring. It's 1 877 672 7464. Our email address is money at mpbonline.org. Also, if you'd like to brag about the way that you handle your credit, we'd certainly like to hear your personal story as well. Let's go to Gulfport on our next caller. It's Gary's on the line. Good morning, Gary. Morning, gentlemen. 
Um, I have been a credit ghost pretty much all my life. I've always paid cash for everything. Um, and I finally decided to try and get responsible. And I went and purchased my first new vehicle about a year and a half ago, and I made all my payments on time. And my credit rating is right around 650. Um, but I have some like smaller medical bills, like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars, and I'm wondering if I should get rid of those or try and get the people to dismiss them, or because I'm trying to get my credit rating up to about seven ten. If those, uh, and I'm making an assumption, those credit, those uh, excuse me, those medical bills are showing up on your credit bureau, I would contact them and I would just clean them up. Uh, I mean, fifty dollars here, hundred dollars there. Now, if you, you know, if you were talking twenty or thirty thousand dollars, then you're gonna have to get in some pretty heavy negotiations on some things, but 50 or 100 here, I would just clean it up, uh, make sure that when you paid it or you sent money into the to the medical facility, that let, put a little letter with it to make sure that they report it as paid up, zero balance. And that, that will help your credit report move, you know, credit score move up. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as, as Chris said, Gary, if it's something that you can handle, I, you know, it's just kind of a pesky negative thing on there. So if you can take care of them, go ahead and do that. And uh, as we said, it's not an overnight increase in your credit score, but as you clean that up and your credit score looks cleaner, uh, that 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 number will bump up uh, gradually over time. And, it, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take. It might take three, six, nine months. But 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 let me go back and say this. You know, um, I tell you what, being paying cash for everything again, that's not a negative. You you saved a lot of money in fees and interest and. Uh, you know, when I say I call it documentation fees at, at wherever. So you saved a lot of money by paying cash over the number of years. All right, Gary, thanks for your call. This is uh, Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking about credit today. Kevin Farrell with uh, Chris Burford. So if you have a credit-related personal finance question, you can give us a call. The phone lines are open at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can also email the show money at mpbonline.org. And we do have an email question. It says, my wife and I have about $11,000 in credit card debt, but we're about to come into about $15,000. Is the smart thing to do to knock out the credit card debt or pay a lump sum to cut the debt quite a bit and save about $6,000? You know, since you've got money coming into you, and again, you've got to make the decision on what you feel comfortable with. Now, if you said, I want to really take an aggressive approach to this, I really want to really show myself and that I'm moving forward, then now that 15000 you know, go ahead and pay off that credit card debt, put the rest in the savings. But what you were paying on a monthly basis on that credit card, and I'm guessing probably is around 200 to $250, challenge yourself, set a goal that I'm going to put that money in my savings every month. And that way, I kind of call, you go from a lot of debt to where you go, I'm on the, I go cash flow side, or asset side, I've, I've built, I'm building cash now. And you can say, I've done two or three things there, and I'm moving forward if you want to take an aggressive approach. And uh, Tom, uh, you know, uh, who sent us the email, you know, I'm not a, a professional, but I know from personal experience, I paid off a credit card recently, and there is such a really good feeling of accomplishment and, and knowing that that is completely taken care of. So I kind of agree with Chris. If you want to be aggressive about that, go ahead and take all that 11000 get that off of there. You still have some money left over for savings. And then again, as Chris said, great suggestion, the money that you were using to pay that credit card, keep going, put that in your savings account and you'll be amazed and and surprised and delighted at how much uh, that will grow. Those savings will grow and you'll have them uh, when you need them for retirement or maybe an emergency fund or whatever, but you'll have those savings uh, to count on. Looks like we've got another question on the line 
and it comes from Bernard in Greenville. Good morning. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, I have a mortgage, and uh, they're not reporting to the credit bureau, and I was wondering, is that legal? Um, you know, I think you're going to have to go back to your contract and see what they can, you know, what they've uh, written in a contract. There might be certain companies might not report to a bureau, but I've, but most of the time, most mortgage companies do report. Um, you can maybe check your contract and even go back and ask them, can y'all, can y'all report to the bureau and, um, ask them that, um, uh, you know, um, I'm making a I'm making an assumption. Uh, if you don't mind, can I ask who the lender is? It's uh, MGC Mortgage out of Newark, New Jersey. Mm. And I've called and asked them about it. They, they, I was told they chose not to report, but I've really never heard of a mortgage company not reporting. Yeah. That's a big deal—a car or mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Um, what you, you can again, they chose not. As so I look in the contract, see if there's anything in there that says, and if they not, I'd write them a letter and request that they report your mortgage history to the bureau and uh, see what they'll do. Okay. All right. All right. Thank, yes, thank you. Thanks uh-huh. for the call. Uh, we need to take one final break this hour. We are talking about credit on Money Talks this morning. So if you have a credit related personal finance question, you can give us a call. The number is 1 877 MPB Ring. It's 1 877 672-7464. Send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. When we get back, Nick's called in from South Haven. Nick, hold on. You'll be first up after this break. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for Clearpoint Credit Counseling Solutions. We are talking about credit this morning. We've had some interesting phone calls, and we've got some more folks on the line, so let's return to the phones beginning in South Haven as we say good morning to Nick. Hello, Nick. How are you doing this morning? Good. What do you have for us? Uh, Just a quick question. I am uh, 26 and just kind of starting to uh, look at credit. I've always done a cash pair, and uh, I've found that uh, it looks like in my credit history, when I was younger, uh, under 18, my parents apparently it opened some uh, some credit cards in my name to help build my credit, and it seems to have had the opposite effect, unfortunately. So I'm going in to see what I can maybe get rid of and, and how to go about doing that. Uh, and uh, that, I guess, would be my question, how, where to start. All right, Nick, on these credit cards that you say were open, I, I, were they were there a balance still owed on them? Were they charged off, or are they at like zero balance? There are three of them, and all three defaulted, unfortunately. So uh, there, they, there is still a balance. <laughs> excuse me, a balance owed. 
Um, slippery, a slippery slope situation here. Um, uh, I, I can't. I, again, historically, you can't contract under the age of eighteen. Now, right. uh, unless maybe uh, if a, a lender will allow you to, let's say, if a kid's sixteen years old, but there's an a, maybe an adult that co-signs. That, you know, lender might allow that, and, and again, I'm just, I'm just trying to see where avenue where a person under 18 could be on a credit card. But historically, under 18, you can't contract, uh, and, um, and so uh, again, I how it all got put together with the credit cards were put in your name, I don't know, but I mean, you know, to address it, uh, if you're trying to just clean it up, uh, you know, I think you're gonna have to just, you know, I hate to tell you, pay it up and clean it up more. Uh, but as you start exploring, it could get more, it could get more conflicting than, 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 you know, uh, in, in trying to work through the situation as you start trying to, as I say, you could open up a can of worms as you, as you investigating this, just being up front with you. Nick, Nick, my question did, were they, were they used for you or they were just in your name and used by your parents or what was the situation there? I have uh, no recollection of these. So yeah, these were just used by my parents under my name. Um, and uh, I, I think with, with good intentions, but uh, I, I don't know the exact situation. I haven't addressed them yet, but uh, it, uh, I, I would assume they maybe fell on hard times or something like that and never followed through. Um, My so thought I, I, would be, too, is, is possibly uh, maybe just to at least kind of assess the situation. It would be, you know, whichever the, whichever the reporting bureaus you found the, the, the charges on, I would just write them a letter sort of explaining the situation and, and asking, you know, what are my options here? Uh, because, again, I'm not a lawyer. We're, we're not experts in this area. But I would think something like that where, you know, you didn't authorize it and, and the expenses weren't done by you, I, it, it sounds like something that maybe might be able to be written off. So I would I would at least start uh, there and, and then possibly, if need be, um, uh, contact an attorney. So, um Thank you very much. Okay, good luck with that. Uh, interesting question there, and I, and I, I, that's that's kind of a sad situation. As I said, it looks like there was a, something meant to help him out, and in, and in reality, it's really got him in a bit, a bit of a bind, and yeah. also a, a tough personal situation. Yeah, there. some things like this do pop up every once in a while. I, I've even heard of, you know, honestly, uh, a house was bought in somebody's name, and um, uh, and then house was foreclosed on years like a few years later, and that person individual tried to go out and borrow, and they were going. I didn't even realize the house was in my name. So um, it's, yeah, just investigate it, find out what your options are, and then try to take the, the best route. Let's uh, move on. Next, we're going to go to Alabama. Louise has called in today. Good morning, Louise. Good morning. What's your question for us? I have excellent credit rating. I have, a, well, just enough credit cards, not too many. But I had one that I have never used. I got it it was uh, the percentage that I got off of the big ticket item at the time was good, So, but I never charged anything on it anymore. Recently, I got a letter that, ah, oh, we want you back. Would you activate this card? Uh, they, they got me a new, a new card. And the perks were so good, and I activated it. Now I'm sorry that I did. I want to quit it. Is it detrimental to my credit rating? When I do this card, I, I have not used it, but I, I want I to just do away with it. You know, um, you just activate it, so I'm making an assumption you didn't charge anything on it, so it's got a zero balance. 
Short term, it might affect your score just a few points, but the bottom line is you saying, I don't really need this card. I I just write them a letter, tell them you're going to just close the card out. You have no need, you know, no more need for their services. Make sure you keep a copy of that letter in a file. And um, at that point in time, they should send you a letter back saying, yes, we've closed, in so many words, we've closed this account upon your request. And just uh, and then it should show up on the bureau. It's just kind of closed out, and 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 nobody has you know you can't charge anything. Nobody else can charge anything by you know. Uh, yeah. So it's it's done. Yeah. Um, okay. I I was thinking if I just don't do anything, but then I take a chance that somebody might steal the card and do something on it, right? That's correct. That's that's yeah. right. You're okay. li- I'm gonna say if you close it out, you write a letter and close that, you eliminate the risk. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Louise. Let's get one final call in before the hour runs out, and it comes from James, who's called in today. Good morning, James. Good morning. Go ahead. Oh, I'm I'm calling. I uh, always get calls from a credit. I don't know who it is that uh, that I owe money on, whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, I have a son named James. I asked him, and he said he happened to turn my name in. And when I asked them, they say that they go down the list of James and, and they just call, but I, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, so what, what I, I when stop that? Yeah, what I, when you get a, when you get them uh, when they call you on the phone, just just find out who it is. Get, ask them say, what's your phone number? What's your mailing address? And who just bottom bottom line say, I need I need to know who the president of the company is. And you okay. even might have to do a little research if you get to a computer. But I would tell them over the phone, after you get that information, number one, tell them, don't call me anymore. I don't owe uh-huh. anybody any money. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not in collections anywhere. And tell them, number two, is I'm going to write your company a letter and tell them, do not contact me anymore because, you know, you're trying to con- you're contacting the wrong, you know, gen- uh, wrong James. Let's say it like that. So uh, put a little pressure there, but send that letter off and tell them over the phone. Hopefully we'll stop the calls. Okay. Um, do that. Well, I've told them that a million times. They got the wrong James. So I'll just I'll ask them for the president's name and go that route. Then, then that's not harming my credit anyway. No, no. I mean, again, you you know, it's just like you were if you were John Smith and there are a thousand John Smiths out there, and they just got a number and called. Then you know, you can eliminate that though. Uh, James, I would say though, follow up with that letter. Have that written uh, thing that says that you do not want them pe- to call you anymore and that you don't owe any money. Wow, that's a great show this morning. Uh, Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, you can find it at mpbonline.org slash moneytalks. Our show is produced by Sam Wells. So for Chris Burford, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next. It's in legal terms, and that's followed at 11 by Southern, uh, by Relatively Speaking. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>